Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So tonight we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about fear because it has become a driving force in American politics. It's how politicians win elections. They tell people what to be afraid of, and then they tell them how they'll fix it. So that's going to be our discussion tonight. Uh, we're going to start off with a video I recorded in the aftermath of Hurricane Michael about a year ago. Uh, for those who are frequent viewers of the YouTube channel, you will get some nostalgia. This is one of the videos that you're only going to hear the audio on the left side. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So tonight we're going to talk about fear, and we are going to talk about... Uh, well, I'm going to tell you a tale of two neighborhoods. Last couple weeks, every other day I've been running supplies down to Panama City to the hurricane impact zone, making sure, trying to make sure people get what they need. Stop at a little supply depot, pick it up, drive down. Um, been taking my kids with me, and people have asked, you know, why, why are you uh, taking your kids? You're going to some rough neighborhoods. And, well, and if... If you've ever been there on vacation, you're probably thinking rough neighborhood. <laughs> well, if you went there on vacation, you went to Panama City Beach. <laughs> Panama City's over the bridge, and there are some rough neighborhoods there. The other day, the first uh, stop I made was one of those neighborhoods. You know, when I turned the corner, I realized where I was at. And uh, it's the type of neighborhood people in my skin tone normally drive through speeding with their doors locked, or they try to avoid it completely. Um, but I'm creeping down this road because they've, they've cleared the debris in it. You know, you can tell somebody went through with an axe and busted it up and it's all piled on the side of the road. If you've ever been in one of those neighborhoods, you know, the addresses are normally painted on the curb and they're confusing to begin with. You know, it's, it's facility number, building number, and then a letter for the unit or something like that. It's hard to find what you're looking for. So I'm driving real slow and, uh, about halfway down the street, four guys standing there. One of them walks out to the truck, <laughs> kind of. These guys, are, they're obvious gangbangers. You know, they're all they're all sporting colors. And uh, he's like, homie, you lost. <laughs> you know, obvious subtext of, white boy, you need to get out of here. You're in the wrong place. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm looking for this address. And he's like, oh, you're the, you're the baby formula man. I'm like, yeah. Today, I, I'm the baby formula man. He sends one of his buddies to go get the girl that needs it, and we're standing there talking. You know, one guy's standing there adjusting because he's carrying and doesn't have his holster right or something. Other guy's got his head in the back of the truck talking to, talking to the boys. My son's real impressed with the wind and how it smashed the trees, and this guy's like, nah, wind didn't smash the trees. I smashed the trees with my axe. Sounds like four-year-old. He's like, well, you made a mess at my house. And uh, I asked him if they needed anything. Three minutes. These guys gave me the diaper sizes. Every kid in the neighborhood told me which kids needed, you know, uh, infant formula, and which kids needed toddler mix, and, you know, charcoal would be really helpful because they got the girls out back, no power. A uh, guy down the road nobody likes needs a tarp, you know, just do 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 and I type it in my phone, I run up, get it, bring it back to them. Get there, open the back of that truck. One guy hands it out, other people run it to where it needs to go. Supplied that whole neighborhood in like 10 minutes. It was really impressive, to be honest. 
leave there and I drive up and I end up in a nice neighborhood. And not like gated community nice, but a nice neighborhood, you know. And uh, the addresses are up on the house, all pretty. Find what I'm looking for pretty easy, pull in the driveway. Get in the back of the truck, pull out a case of MREs and uh, some water. Start walking up to the house and some idiot from next door comes running out with his gun screaming, you loot, we shoot. And we have words. And he goes back inside and I drop off the, the supplies, get back in the truck. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, this guy, he thinks he's the neighborhood hero. You know, because he, he's ready. Doesn't know his immediate neighbor, the elderly couple next door, doesn't have food and water. Leave there, go two streets north, same neighborhood. Start to drive down the road, can't get down it. There's a tree in it. So uh, I grab a chainsaw and I start cutting it up. Guy walks out of his house with his chainsaw, helps. We get it done in like 10 minutes. And uh, he's like, well, I didn't want to be out here alone. What? <laughs> and he's like, you know, the, the city said that anybody caught working without a license get arrested. Have you seen him? You know, it's been a few days since the hurricane. He's like, no, I haven't seen him in four or five days. Well, if you haven't seen them, they're not going to see you. Clear your road. You know, what are you doing? You know, they're saying that because they're trying to stop contractors and shady construction workers from coming in and ripping people off. But that's what it boils down to now. It's, uh, it's fear. It's fear. You know, I, that guy that came out of his house, I'm sure, because that neighborhood already had power. Uh, I'm sure he's sitting there reading the rumors on social media. You know, there's looting in the streets. Just He's holed up. Now, I've been down there. there. There's not looting in the streets. There's not. It's. I mean, I'm sure that it's happened, but it, it's been pretty isolated. And I've been all over down there. The other guy... Scared to cut up a tree without government permission. Clear his own road. The sons of the pioneers, right? It's what we like to cast ourselves as. We're Americans. The sons of the pioneers. Are we anymore? Or have we had it so good for so long that we've forgotten what that is? And we've become afraid of everything. Everything. It's that fear of the other. That guy, he's not from this neighborhood. Better get my gun. See, the sad part about that is, you know, somebody who has not had a gun pointed at them before, that might stop them from doing relief work. They might stop doing it. And that guy thinks he's protecting people. He's helping. Because that's what it takes now, right? That's what it takes, that gun. It's the power of everything now. Because we're afraid of everything. So violence becomes the answer to everything. Now there's real fear. There's genuine fear. If you're ever somewhere and you don't know why, but the hair in your neck starts to stand up, your subconscious has caught something, you need to pay attention to it. And then there's irrational fear. And that's what we're faced with now. And there's people that prey on it and prey on that uh, 
that self-centered nature that we've developed in this country. You know, <laughs> there are people in the comment section, some of these videos, that actually believe that thousands of people fleeing Central America are really coming here because they want to vote and, and, and influence our election. And that's, that's really what they're doing. How egotistical do you have to believe, be <laughs> to believe that? Dude, these people do not care about your politician. If they were going to wait for a politician to better their life, they'd still be at home. No, these people are on foot, walk a couple thousand miles to try to build a better life. They don't care about your politician, dude. And anybody willing to do that, yeah, they can live next to me. They're not afraid. You know, they're, they're willing to travel a couple thousand miles to come to a country that is certainly not welcoming to them right now to get somewhere safe and try to build a better life. Sound like good people to me. But it's that fear. That fear. Everybody's out to get you. Nobody's out to get you. You know... We are not the sons of the pioneers and the daughters of Rosie the Riveter anymore because we're not going to fix the problem ourselves. We're going to wait for somebody else to do it. Wait for government, big daddy government. Need them for everything to cut a tree in our road. It's insane. When we're leaving that day, we're in a small town, and my two-year-old spots a fire truck sitting out in front of the fire station. And he loves them. And, uh, I mean, he's about ready to crawl out the window. He said, oh, rescue team. <laughs> then he notices that the fire station's damaged. He's like, oh, no, rescue team's hurt. Who's going to help? My four-year-old doesn't miss a beat. Us. And that's why I take them. That is why I take them. You can't tell a kid to be a good person. you got to show them. Four-year-old understands that at some point and at some times, it's just us. There is no big daddy government coming to help you. If you're waiting for a politician, you need to understand you're waiting for the guy that came out screaming, you lose, we shoot. That's who you're hoping is going to solve your problem. Because those people in D.C., they're convinced. they got everybody protected. Meanwhile, their immediate neighbor doesn't have food and water. That's who you're waiting for. You got a problem in your community? Fix it. Do it yourself. Do not wait for a leader. Don't wait for some savior to arrive. Don't be afraid. Put out the flame with your foot. Get involved. You want to make America great? It isn't going to happen in D.C. It's going to happen at the local level. It's going to happen because we've reclaimed that initiative. That, that American character, that, you know, Rosie the Reverter, you know. Instead, we're afraid of everything and clinging to those guns. Because that's what it takes to be a hero today. That's how you become a hero. It's on TV. You got to get in a gunfight, right? That's what makes you tough, makes you a hero. Let me ask you this. At the end of the day, 
Who's the better man? I'm sure all those gangbangers had guns. They're no stranger to violence. They knew the diaper size of every kid in that neighborhood. Or the guy screaming, you loot, we shoot, didn't know his neighbor needed food and water. Who's the better man? Who's the hero in that story? Gun doesn't make you a hero. Gun doesn't make you tough. We've got a real problem in this country. And it really boils down to fear. It boils down to fear. We've got to stop being afraid of everything. You know, well, one of these migrants may be a murderer. Maybe. Maybe there's 7,000 people. I'm, I'm sure somebody's done something wrong in that group. I mean, that, that, that's a pretty high probability right there. So I guess we just write them all off then. Let's do that with every group. I'm sure there's somebody in your city who's done something wrong. We need to just write your whole city off. Here's the thing, guys. It's up to you. It is up to you. If not you, who? Who's going to solve the problems if it's not you? You personally. Not your representative. You. Anyway, it's just a thought. Just something to think about. And while I'm on this subject, I, I kind of want to point out that there are people still out there like that. Uh, this little supply depot I've been going to, it's at a place called Project Hope Incorporated. Now, under normal circumstances, these guys work with vets, um, and they use horses. Kind of cool. Uh, to kind of provide a cathartic experience. Interesting little concept, and they do good work, according to everybody that I've talked to that has ever had anything to do with them. Uh, they've turned their entire facility in, in, into a supply depot to help people. And need to think about that. Supplies coming in to a non-government location. Non-government people getting to where it needs to go. If government could help, if government could really solve the problems, I wouldn't be running supplies in from 30 or 40 miles away. Anyway, y'all have a nice night. And we're back. Here we are a year later. About a year after that video was filmed, and we are still convincing ourselves as Americans that we are fearless. We are the sons and daughters of the pioneers. We are Johnny Get Your Gun, Rosie the Riveter. We're Amelia Earhart. We're John Glenn, Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman. We are these people. We're afraid of nothing. The reality is that we're spending billions to build a wall to protect us from people with a tan who speak a different language. We're going to take a quick break to run an ad, and uh, then we're going to come back and jump right back into another story involving my son and fear. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. <clears throat> so today I took my kids to the Tallahassee Museum. Um, when we were there, when we got there, the place was packed crazy. <laughs> we found out it is Smokey the Bear's 75th birthday. Smokey the Bear is 75 years old now. Um, and the Forestry Service was putting on an event to celebrate his birthday. Had a cake and everything. For those overseas, uh, Smokey the Bear is our fire prevention mascot. Um, we got him during World War II. All the firefighters signed up to join the military, leaving the forests unprotected. So we needed something to encourage personal responsibility. At first, Disney loaned uh, the image of Bambi, and we used that. And they realized that uh, animal messengers were a good thing. And Smokey the Bear was born. And the message of only you can prevent forest fires. So while we're there, we walk around the animal enclosures. The Tallahassee Museum is not the kind of museum you're thinking of. It's all outdoors. Um, and uh, my boy has been around wolves. Um, they're not tamed wolves, but they're familiar with people, you know, and he's had good experiences with them. So when he sees the wolves, he wants to get in the enclosure with them. I'm like, eh, you know, that's, you know, these guys can be, I know. I'll respect them. They'll respect me. All right, Steve Irwin. Um, and from there, we go and we see the Florida Panther. That's a cougar. And uh, he's over there. Now, this thing's a couple hundred pounds. He's over there calling it a kitty cat. Come here, kitty. Come here. And then we get to the bear. And uh, the bear's asleep. And this bothers my son because he sees a ball in the enclosure and wants to get in there and play with the bear and the ball. And he tries to wake him up. You know, it was it was it was funny, and I talked to him. I'm like, you understand these are dangerous animals, right? They can be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then this funny thing happened. As we're leaving, we run into Smokey, Smokey the Bear, a guy in a Smokey the Bear costume. <laughs> My son has never met a stranger. He will talk to anybody. Would not go near this guy. <laughs> Why? Familiarity. Familiarity. My son watches a lot of animal shows. And he's probably knows more about wolves and bears and panthers than I do. And he's seen a lot of these animals in the wild. He's familiar with them. He's not familiar with Smokey, though. He's too young for school, and that's when you meet him. So, there's that fear, fear of the unknown, has no idea what this thing is. A little bit of education and introducing him, and all of a sudden, my son's wearing one of those funny hats. To me, I don't know if there's any psychological basis for this, but to me, there's three kinds of fear. There's rational fear, and that's like, uh, it's New Year's Eve, the bar's just let out, probably not the best time to get on the road. 
Rational fear could otherwise be described as an abundance of caution. There's irrational fear coming from the unknown. You don't know what this is, so you're afraid of it. That's most fear in the world. That is most fear. And then there's the subconscious fear. You know, that fear that uh, just creeps up on you. You get an uneasy feeling about somebody or a location you're in. You know, you start to notice things. You become a little bit more vigilant. Always pay attention to that fear. That fear is always right. Even when it's wrong, it's right. That kind of fear is a gift. Use it wisely. Um, but most fear can be killed with education. Learning about the subject matter, whatever it is. Whether you're afraid of a certain event happening or a kind of person or whatever, education can normally kill that fear. So, in that vein, this week, when you're bored, think of something you're afraid of and research it. Learn about it. Kill that fear. Hopefully, whatever it is, you won't find out something to reinforce it. If everybody did that, there'd be less fear. There'd be less fear in the world. If there was less fear in the world, there would be less conflict. Most conflict is because of a fear of the unknown. So, let's make more things known. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good night. And we're back. That about does it for the show today. Um... The reason we're running some of the older audio is to get the podcast community and let them kind of get to know me as the show progresses. Um, I'd like to remind everybody we do have the the link where you can send me a voicemail. And here soon we're going to do a, an episode that's nothing but answering those questions. So if you've already sent one in and I haven't gotten to it, just understand we're saving it for that episode. All right. Y'all have a good night.